Half the Battle is back! It's me, Daniel Levy, your host, and man, today is the very special Badass Chicks edition of Half the Battle. First up, we're going to be talking to 40-0 Jorina Barge. Not only is she 40-0, she also beat up Cyborg, which one doesn't simply do. Then next up, I'm going to be joined by Antonina Shevchenko, the current Lion Fight champion of the world, and also the sister of Valentina. Then right after that, we got relentless Rachel Seltzer in the house. She's a fighter in every sense of the word. You know, she didn't start training martial arts till her late 20s, early 30s. Then she uh, she won a world championship. She won seven and two, retired, and now she's continuing her journey as a jujitsu player. And then finally, save the best for last, we got Serena De Jesus, Serena Southpaw. She's a badass fighter, and she's in there fighting for autism. So I mean. Much respect to her. Four real, true, badass women joining me on Half the Battle. First up, Jorina Barge. Here we go. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Jorina Barge. Jorina, welcome to Half the Battle. Hey, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So, I mean, word on the street is you're 40-0 as a Muay Thai fighter? Yep, that's correct. How do you amount a record like that? That's unbelievable. And I know for a fact you haven't been fighting any easy fights. You've been fighting the toughest competition. So congrats. How did you do that? Yeah, thanks. I fight uh, yeah, the best of the world. And uh, I think it's about when I was... I started training when I was seven years old. So I grow up, I grow up with it. And I think that's the secret of my record. Just hard work and dedication, huh? Yeah, hard work, um, never quit, and keep going. Yeah, and speaking of never quitting, you never quit in your fights, and you've had some very tough fights where you've had to overcome adversity, but that's what a true champion does. They show their heart in moments like that. Yeah, I think you have to do that to be the best and to beat the best. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of beating the best, what do you think about your upcoming opponent, Whitley? Um, I really don't know uh, much about her, but um, I think she's a good fighter and um, she follow her heart. So I can see uh, she's focused and she's training very hard for this fight. So yeah, I think it will be a good and great fight and a very, very tough fight as well. Definitely. And you know what's so cool about your style is you're very tall for the weight class, but with a lot of tall fighters, you know, they, they point, fight, they hit and run. With you, you have zero problems getting in there, getting dirty, and fighting very hard. Yeah, that's my style. I can change my style into the fight. So I'm an all-round fighter and uh, yeah, do my best in every fight and give all what I have. Absolutely. Now, I know you get asked a lot of questions about your fight with Cyborg, but I mean, look, this is an MMA podcast, half the battle. All, all the fans that listen to my show know who Cyborg is, and in the MMA scene, she's like a goddess. You know, no one's ever beat her. She destroys everyone she fights, but then she took you on in kickboxing, and uh, you whooped her ass. Yeah, but first of all, I will show all my respect to her, because she stepped in the ring against uh, me. I had, at that moment, I think, 37 fights. And um, she had only three or four Muay Thai fights. So a lot of respect for her. And yeah, it was a tough fight. It was a hard fight. And um, 
I won by decision, but all the respect for her. Yeah. Well, on paper, you won by decision, but I mean, let's not forget about the time when you dropped her with a head kick. And let's, but let's give her credit. She got back up and kept fighting you. Were yep. you Were you surprised by her toughness? Yes, of course. Yeah. The most of the girls who are hitting so hard on the face or kicking in the face, they're gonna knock out. But Cyborg, whoop, stand up again, and I give a knee to her face, and whoop, there she was again. <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was it, it was so tough and hard and but it was so cool that I won and I was so happy uh, with that that was my first um uh world title fight for lion fight so that was for me a big um a, a big fight because it was my first fight in America as well and yeah I, I'm I was so happy that I won the, the people know me now and um yeah I can do more business in America and the rest of the world. So that's good for me. For you as a fighter, what does it do for your psychology when someone gets back up from a knockdown like that? I mean, does it? Do, do you have to change your approach or do you just keep doing what you were doing? Um, I keep doing what I'm, I was doing, but um, the first head kick was in the first round. I think it was in the first 30 seconds or something like that. And... At that moment, I, w I was thinking about, whoa, this is easy, that's not normal. So, okay, focus, keep calm and relax and stay focused, Urina. And yeah, that was what I did in the rest of the fight. I lost my focus a little bit in the fourth round, third and fourth round, but I came, I came back in the f uh, fifth round as well, so yeah. So you mentioned that was your first fight in the United States. What was the jet lag like for you? Whew, it was hard. Every time I woke up at 4 a.m., 4 in the morning, so that that was hard. I was uh, in the gym at 6 in the morning. Normally, I can't get up when I <laughs> when I have to train here in Holland so early. But um, yeah, it was it was hard to change. But I was there, I think, five or six days before the fight, so that was fine and that was okay. To, I had time enough to recover and feel confident in the fight. So after your fights, what's your favorite thing to eat? Whew. Um, I think it's chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, chocolate and, yeah, sorry, fast food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hear there's a lot of uh, good Dutch baked goods. Is that true? Dutch what? That in the Netherlands, there's a lot of uh, good baked goods, you know, cookies and stuff like that. Oh, yes, there are a lot. We have one of the best cookies, and that's the called stroopwafels. And that's, oh, okay. oh, that's amazing. It's with caramel and, oh, phew, I like that. Wow, I'm, I'm going to have to try that out, you know, because I'm not in camp right now. And I'm not on a diet, so... I'm going to have to try that out sometime. So, you know, now, how many times have you been to the States? Ooh, I think it's this will be my fifth time, I think, fourth or fifth time. Yeah. So would you say you're, you're getting more used to it or is the, you know, the jet lag still a killer? No, it's the jet lag is a killer the first two or three days. So, and after that, it's fine. I feel confident. I feel fine. And. I uh, take my rest uh, midday and sleep. I do a power nap in the midday and 
yeah in the night i feel feel in the evening i feel very good and yeah strong as well so i'm okay now yurina what are your long-term goals in this sport because i mean one doesn't simply put together a 40 and 0 record so i'd imagine you know you've already been striving for greatness but what's that next level you want to achieve um stay undefeated <laughs> and stay world champion for lion fight there you go now you actually have been to a draw before and i didn't get a chance to watch those fights what was it like for you to go to a draw i mean did you feel like you won the fight like what exactly went down uh, when i had a draw i had three draws right. in my life so i had 43 fights three draw and 40 win um but they're all in the begin of my career so um for me one draw was a uh, a good one because uh i fought that girl one year before that fight and um um she she was sick she was ill at that fight but i didn't know that and one year later we fight again and she was much much stronger so <laughs> i uh underestimated her is that the the, the a good yeah. word to say yeah, yeah i underestimated her and um it was a draw so oh i can push myself to my head why are you underestimated her but that was yeah the other two fights are i'm confident with it i'm okay with it you know but what's so interesting about that is that even when you underestimate your opponent, your skill level is so high that you still went to a draw. You didn't even take a loss there. So uh, congratulations. Props to you on that. Thank you. Thank you. So, I do my best. I give everything what I have in my fight. So, yeah, that's all what I can do. So who are some fighters that you look up to, you know, as an inspiration? Who Who is your role model, if that's the proper word to use here? Um, when I was younger, uh, Lucia Riker, of course. She is a fair. She was or is a very good fighter. Uh, Peter Art from the Netherlands yeah. and, and Esther Wood. Of course, Ramon Decker. He's very very tough fighter. So these are the guys who I yeah look up to. Yeah. Uh, amazing people to look up to. Now let me ask you this. So obviously you're from the Netherlands. Now a lot of people like to talk about the difference between kickboxing from the Netherlands and Muay Thai from Thailand. In your opinion. I mean, obviously, you're biased because you're from the Netherlands, but in your opinion, which one is more effective? I think kickboxing, because we are more all-round. The Thai people are do more kicking, and um, of course, they score a lot of points with it. But we make the more combinations, and uh, if you make a good combination, you uh, can see the, the faults on your opponent. Uh, if she had a uh, one hand uh, low when you give a knee, you can the next one is give a high kick to the face, things like that. Yeah. And yeah, in Thailand it's uh, punch and kick as hard as you can. <laughs> oh, they do always, all, with all the respect, because they do always, they always training very, very hard, and I don't wanna want a middle kick to my to my hand. Because that hurt a lot. I fight one Thai fighter. She was, she is Nong Tum. I don't know if you know her. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and oh, she kicked so hard. My, my, my hands are, my, my arms are 
blue as hell after a fight. <laughs> so, okay, so you mentioned the kickboxing is more effective, but you're also very good in the clinch. I mean, I watched your fights, and, you know, you're no slouch in the clinch either. Uh, I'm not. I think uh, clinching is not my best thing, but I work on it, and I love to uh, work on it because... Um, yeah, I'm I'm a tall fighter, and the most of the fighters uh, against me are uh, much smaller than me, and looking for the clinch. But now I work uh, a lot more on the clinch and uh, train it, uh, train very hard for it. So I feel more confident in the clinch now, and uh, like to work with my knees, with my elbows, and that's why I love Muay Thai. You can work with your elbows as well. Oh yeah, Muay Thai is unbelievable. Now let me ask you your opinion on this. What do you think about a fighter like Valentina Shevchenko who transitioned from Muay Thai and now she is very successful at a high level in MMA? What, what do you think about her? Yeah, she's very good, very strong. Uh, her sister as well, she's fighting on Lion Fight as well. Um, yeah, Valentina is very, very good and tough fighter. She's... Um, she can move. She's uh, she crossed the ring all the time, and that's a surprise act for her opponent. So that's very good, very good. Yeah, and uh, pardon my ignorance, but are you and Antonina in the same weight class? Uh, no, I think I have to lose most of the time ten kilogram before the fights. So um, at this time, I have to lose. Uh, 10 kilogram as well. My normal weight is 75. So 65 is the maximum what I can lose because I'm tall. And uh, I think Antonia is fighting at 63 or uh, 60. Okay, so that fight would never happen. Maybe if she 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 will take two or three kilo, that's fine. But I can't Yeah, get lower than 65. Well, anyways, we got to focus on the task at hand. You got a big fight coming up, lion fight. How is it going to go down when you enter that ring? Uh, I think it will be a tough fight. First round. Uh, second round, I um, I think I work with my combinations and uh, will be better, have better combinations than her and harder, more powerful. So maybe I can look for a knockout. <laughs> Awesome. The fans love knockouts, and I mean, obviously, yeah. you're a very exciting fighter to watch. And on a side note, I noticed that you actually tried out MMA. It didn't go your way, but I want to know, you know, what happened because you are 40 and 0, you know, as a pro kickboxer. So, I mean, was it just a matter of you weren't used to the jujitsu, or what, what was the problem? Uh, there was no problem because I love MMA. I love the ground game as well. But I got a good contract at Lion Fight and uh, I love the stand-up fight. And stand-up is my thing, you know. And So maybe in the future I can train and uh, fight MMA uh, again. But at this time I will focus myself on Muay Thai and I will learn uh, a lot of more uh, working with my elbows and knees and distance in the clinch and things like that. So for now, I will focus myself on Muay Thai. Perfect. I mean, you got to do what you're passionate about. You know, you got to do what yep. your heart tells you to do. Yeah. So, okay, so 40 and 0. I mean, what's the what's the record? I mean, who has the the highest undefeated record in uh, female Muay Thai? Do you know? I really don't know. 
Because I, I want to know because, I mean, we could set a goal for you to reach that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I really don't know. Chances are you could have the best record of all time. Like, is there someone with a better record than you? I really don't know. <laughs> but maybe a TIE fighter. The most of the TIE fighters, oh, I have more than 300 fights. So True. I think there's <laughs> there are a lot of more people at better record than me. I only have... I only have only. <laughs> Yeah, you're only you're only 40 and 0. No, no big deal, yeah, sorry. right? <laughs> no, but you you bring up some great points because with a lot of the tie fighters, you know, I see, you know, like Manapet and stuff like that and, you know, they're like th yeah. uh, 300 wins and 20 losses. Yeah. And it's crazy. Yeah, it is. So, it okay, is. before we get out of here, what's your favorite Thai food dish? Uh, panang curry. Okay, that's yeah. a it's a good oh, choice. I love, yeah. It's so good. I well, Yurina, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's an absolute pleasure. Just let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. Now's the time, Yurina. Yes. Uh, thank you first for the interview. Uh, and um, they can follow me on Instagram. My name is at B. Uh, they can follow me on uh, Facebook. Just type my name, Jorina Bars. Um, also on Twitter, it's Jor at Jorina Bars. So that's it. Awesome. Well, Jorina, yep. thank you so much and best of luck in your fight, okay? Thank you for this interview. Anytime. Have a great day. Okay, same for you. Bye-bye. Bye. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Antonina Shevchenko. Antonina, welcome back to Half the Battle. Thank you, thank you very much. Very, uh, very glad to be here. Oh yeah, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. So you know, it's funny. Last time we spoke, you were about to fight for the Lion Fight Championship, and then I hear uh, 24 hours before the event, your opponent uh, found out that she had to fight Antonina Shevchenko, and she went running. Is there any truth to this? No, it was not like this. Of course, it was like um, um, reason of medical commission. They didn't allow to, to my opponent to fight, and it was um, in the same day of the fight. So we find out uh, both uh, me and she that we cannot fight in the same day uh, of the fight. What exactly happened? Um, I'm not sure about the reason, but something with, with her test, uh, something with her medical commission uh, was the reason that medical commission of the state of Connecticut didn't allow her to fight. Like, is she okay? Is it like something serious or, or what? Not sure about this, but uh, the girl was um, was ready to fight. She wanted to fight also. she was. Um, I spoke with her coach. She, uh, he told me that she was um, very upset that it happened, but rules is rules, so uh, she could not do anything. And um, not Nimi and uh, line fight promotion, they uh, did everything to fight this happened, but uh, uh, we couldn't do anything. So by default, now you're the world champion. Yes, yes, uh, and um, because of this, um, the belt uh, now I have, so I'm lion fight world champion, so I now I have this belt, 
and um, this September 2nd, I will uh, defend it. So are you excited about your upcoming title defense, September 2nd? Yes, sure, sure. I'm uh, ready. So uh, it's only uh, less than two weeks now to go. And, of course, I'm training um, and I'm very happy to, to be there on the ring. So you were already in amazing shape, right? Because uh, of what happened the first time with the fight getting canceled. So it's not like it's not even like you had to go through a full camp, right? Um, I had a full camp about uh, the, this my uh, past fight, but um, after this, I had a little bit rest, and uh, of course, I start um, um, my full uh, training camp for this fight also. Okay, well that's cool. Let me ask you something about yourself. So you're from Russia, but you live in Peru. Yes, yes. I'm. Uh, I was born in Kyrgyz Republic. It's uh, Central Russia, beautiful uh, C- Central Asia, beautiful country in Central Asia. Uh, it was uh, part of Soviet Union, country of Soviet Union, and I'm Russian. And um, um, uh, eight years ago, we live in Peru. Okay. Uh, so I imagine uh, hablas español. Sí, sí, hablo español también. <laughs> and uh, so, what was it like for you to learn Spanish? I mean, because you speak three languages perfectly. Maybe, maybe even more that I don't know about. But was it hard for you? Was it easy, or was it just you know part of growing up? Uh-huh. No, it was uh, like natural because when you live in country where people uh, speak Spanish, you learn because we start uh, to uh, teach seminars of Muay Thai. We started to teach Muay Thai in different academies, so you need to speak with people, and you learn just like this, just speaking with people. Wow, that's incredible. So what's the Muay Thai scene like in Peru? Because, you know, I I personally never heard about Muay Thai in Peru, but, you know, you and your sister are very popular, so tell me about that a little bit. Um. Um, um, now Muay Thai in Peru is very good. It's um, still developing. Um, the last years it's uh, grown, grown better and better. Um, last maybe five years, uh, guys um, they taking part in different international competition, um, in Pan American and South American competition, World Championship. So it's growing better and better. That's good to hear. Now, let me ask you this, because I like to ask a lot of Thai fighters and kickboxers this question. What style do you think is more effective, the ki- the Dutch kickboxing or the Muay Thai from Thailand? Um, it depends on what rules you fight. If you fight uh, in Muay Thai rules, of course, it's Muay Thai rules. But I like both styles because it's... Um, uh, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable uh, with both styles, but of course, my own style, my favorite style, Muay Thai. It's more, more wide. I think include more techniques, uh, beautiful techniques of clinching, elbows, knee. So you can use um, a different technique on your fight to express yourself, and and very um, like for spectators, it's very beautiful when. You grab the legs and uh, take your opponent down and knees and elbows. So I like full Muay Thai rules. Yeah, and uh, talk to me about your opponent that you're taking on September 2nd. What do you know about her? 
Um, she's from Italy. I know she's Europe, European champion of K1. So I'm not really sure uh, if she's like um, uh, European Dutch uh, K1 style fighter. But I think yes, because she fight in kickboxing more in K1. But I know she, uh, she fought before in Muay Thai also. And of course, I'm, I think that if she accepts accept this fight, she is training in Muay Thai for rules also. Yeah, definitely. Now, you mentioned you love to express yourself with your Muay Thai. You uh, come off to me as a very adventurous person. I mean, you speak multiple languages. You've been all over the world. What are some other things you like to do besides training and fighting? Um, I like travel very much. Um, I like um, doing pictures and I like practice shooting. So we, um, uh, in Peru, we practice uh, shooting of IPSC and IDPA Federation. Wow. Um, uh, and um, I'm a Peruvian national champion of uh, uh, IPSC shooting. So this is what I like to do besides my training. Wow, so if someone brought a gun to the fight, they wouldn't be safe either because you're a champ there too. So basically, they they, they got to kill you to beat you, huh? <laughs> no, this this uh, event we will have like full Muay Thai. Okay, no, I, I was talking about the shooting, but real quick, you mentioned you like uh, pictures. Are you talking about photography or are you talking about painting? Uh, about photography, yes. Okay, so uh, you like... Uh, are you the one with the camera or are you the one in the pictures? Um, both, I think, because when I, uh, uh, when my sister Valentina fights, so I'm the one with the camera and when I fight, I'm the one in the pictures. <laughs> so you're both developing your skills. That's pretty damn cool. And uh, speaking of your sister Valentina, you know, last time you and I spoke, Antonina, you know, uh, we, we said that, listen, I knew firsthand she was going to beat Holly Holm. And it's funny because she was a plus 300 underdog. What that means is for every $100 you put down, you win 300 because that's how much everyone counted her out. So I want to personally thank you and Valentina for winning that because uh, I knew she was going to do it all along. So congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm very glad, very glad. Yes, very happy for her winning also. Uh, because she was preparing very hard for this fight, and uh, we did everything possible to to win this fight. Yeah, it was so beautiful because you know when Holly would try to do her little sidekicks, that's when uh, Valentina would you know counter with a beautiful two three leg kick. Or her hooks were on point. Her leg kicks. Is that something that uh, you guys have been obviously training since you were little kids? Uh, sure, sure, and also um, Valentina is. Uh, 17 times Muay Thai world champion. She feels all the distance. She can uh, can see all punches going to her, so she can uh, um, uh, react them. And uh, because uh, of course we are um, well preparing, especially for this opponent for for Holy Home. So I worked with Valentina because I have uh, the, uh, the same stance that Holy has. Um, so we were preparing exactly for her, and uh, it was it was great. It was a great fight. 
Yeah, it was absolutely beautiful. It was a masterful performance, and I'm glad that finally you guys are getting the respect that you deserve. Because for a long time, among the hardcore fans like myself, you know, we all knew who you guys were and we all respected you. But now, you know, the more mainstream, casual fans, they get to be exposed to what the Shevchenkos bring to the table. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, so, you know, we got to talk about you now. So, obviously, you're the Lion Fight champion. You're a multiple-time world champion. You're planning on defending your belt. Is there ever a thought in your mind of competing in MMA? Uh, for now, no, no, because um, I'm really concentrating in Muay Thai, in my Muay Thai career. Of course, I'm training in uh, grappling, and also with Valentina, we are trained together with our coach, Pavel Fedotov. But... Uh, I'm really concentrated in my Muay Thai career. Yeah, for sure. But on a side note, so obviously in Muay Thai, you know, the clinch is a very effective weapon and a very effective tool. I've seen a lot of your fights. You're great in the clinch. So when you practice a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you know, are, do any of your cl uh, clinch instincts translate there? Or is it like a completely different world for you? Um, no, it's different. Of course, it's different. But... Um, to keep me in good form, in shape form, it's like help both doing both because it's wrestling, but it's different, of course, because uh, clinch, it's, it's not only wrestling, it's clinching with elbows and knees. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No doubt. It's a completely different world. Now, Antonina, I mean, you've done so many things. Muay Thai world champion, kickboxing world champion. You know, your sister is about to be a UFC world champion. You guys are champions in shooting. What's the next uh, thing you want to accomplish? What's the next goal you, you're trying to reach? Uh, for me, my really next goal is it's my uh, this fight on September 2nd. And then we will see because <laughs> it's uh, the nearest goal that I have for now. Awesome. Well, Antonina, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure. Would love to do it again sometime. And uh, best of luck in your fight. Just let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to tell the audience. Now's the time. Thank you very much. Uh, so I'm very, uh, very happy to be here also. And um, uh, my media is Instagram, Antonina Muay Thai. Facebook, the same, Antonina Muay Thai. And my Twitter, Antonina K.O. Well, K.O. Antonina, thank you so much again. And best of luck in your fight, all right? Uh, thank you very much. Very pleasure. Have a great day. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is relentless Rachel Seltzer. Rachel, welcome to Half the Battle. Well, thank you very much for having me. I um, was kind of shocked that you wanted to talk to old lady me, but um, I'm uh, honored to be on the show, so thank you. Are you kidding me? It's my absolute pleasure. I mean, the former <laughs> NFC strawweight champion, and you know, you got a very inspiring story that I think the world, you know, they need to hear it. So uh, let's get right down to it. So a lot of people, you know, like let's talk about our buddy, uh, you know, shout out to my boy Jamar Whitehead, you know, who's been train <laughs> training martial arts since he was a young kid, right? And, yeah. you know, he's winning championships now. But for you, yeah. 
as far as I'm concerned, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you didn't start training martial arts till your late 20s, early 30s. Yes, I was about 31, 32. Well, um, I, uh, I was training, you know, to that, like, LA Fitness, um, and, uh, it was boring. I, I had, I've been sick since I was about 12 years old with Crohn's colitis, and I've been a skinny girl with no muscle, you know, I was barely able to do, you know, much but go for a walk, so I started to do a little weight training to try to build muscle, got bored with that and started at, um, Knuckle Up Fitness just doing kickboxing classes, and I saw a sparring, they had sparring leagues back in the day where, you know, other local gyms would come in and they would set up fights, um, non-sanctioned fights, headgear, 16-ounce gloves. But um, so one Saturday I saw the, you know, fights and there were girls doing it. And I was like, wow, you know, and uh, I loved the kickboxing class. And I was like, I want to do that, you know, and I started feeling stronger doing kickboxing class and started building some muscle. And like one of the instructors, Philip Bosa, was like, you know, you're, you, you're picking it up quickly, you know, why not? Let's train and you can do one of these sparring leagues and, you know, get a fight. And so I did it and I got a TKO in the third round and, uh, then I was hooked. (laughs) How good did it feel to get your arm raised like that, especially after a TKO? Yeah. I mean, of course it was like the best feeling because, you know, you go into something like that so anxious and nervous and, you know, obviously you want to win, but when you get someone to quit, and uh, it's an even better feeling. So I was definitely hooked, and I, I said, I'm only going to do this one time on a big stage, just one time just to get the feel of being in front of a, you know, a big crowd and have it sanctioned and judges and all of that. But uh, once I got that first win at center stage, then I was just, I was hooked. Now, you mentioned, so, you mentioned earlier... In you know, on the show that earlier in your life you were sick, and how did martial arts help you overcome that? Well, like I said, like I had no muscle, you know, all my muscles had atrophied from the illness. You know, with Crohn's disease, you don't really hold on to much nutrients. I mean, I was like skinny fat, you know, I weighed 108 pounds when I was at my worst, and uh. Martial arts, you know, I walked in there and no one, you know, everyone accepted me as number one, a female, you know, the fact that I really was coming from no background in mixed martial arts, you know, that I, you know, and I remember people, you know, saying that I had no power, you know, and I, I, it just, a lot of the combination of all of that just really motivated me to become stronger and gave me the confidence to say, you know, I can do this and, uh, I think, you know, I had to have fight in me. I don't know if it's because I fought Crohn's disease my whole life, you know, from 12 years old and on. But um, I just wanted to, you know, fight that illness and also become strong. And I think it, it just was a, a, you know, a great sport for me to fall into because it, it gave me that and gave me a healthy lifestyle, started building muscle, gaining weight, and, uh, you know, my confidence in myself just skyrocketed after that, so. Yeah, well, I absolutely commend you for that. I mean, a 7-2 and record, 
former champion. What kind of message would you send to kids, you know, that do have struggles in their life that they might think, you know, I can't get past this and go where I want to go. You know, you're a perfect you're a perfect example of someone who overcame that adversity and I uh, look at you now. Yeah, I mean, I not just I mean, I see other people go through things. I mean, no matter what it is, like if you want to do something, you can do it. And it is people probably hear that all the time, but I it is so true. Like I am a testament to it, but I've also, you know, just seen it throughout my experience and being in knuckle up and being seeing all the people that I've seen go through what they've gone through and then get in the ring and fight. And it, it's just, it, it's amazing what the mind can do. If you tell yourself you can do something, you can do it. We often tell ourselves, Oh man, I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. But if you start telling yourself you can, you're that's, one step in the right direction. I mean, there's nothing stopping you when you tell yourself you can do something. So, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, so you TKO your first opponent. You were hooked. What happened after that? Were you immediately like, okay, I need to take another fight? You know, what did you go to the gym the next day? To tell me after that. Yeah, I mean, God, it was a long time ago. <laughs> A long time ago, but yeah, I mean, I was definitely hooked. I was, you know, on a high from the win, and I was like, I got to do this again. And um, that's when I uh, spoke to my trainer, and I was like, all right, let, let me do this one time. And I remember going to Kumpan, used to promote a lot of fights, and I told him I wanted to fight for him. And <laughs> he was like, no, 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 you're a pretty girl. You know, he kept, <laughs> like, he just... I could tell he didn't really want to do it, but I just, I kept going after him, like, come on, just one time, I just need this one time, and uh, so he finally, you know, said yes, and we finally uh, got an opponent for me, and actually she flew in from Florida, and she had trained in Thailand, you know, so I was very nervous about all of that, just, you know, when you hear that, someone trained in Thailand, you're like, oh my gosh, Um, but anyway, he set it up, and... uh, it was at center stage, which was like an awesome venue. And it was like the best feeling ever. I mean, just walking out. I I remember the moment walking out. I remember my mom cheering. She got in my way as they called me out. I had to pick her up and move her. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I was so focused and it, it, it was a nonstop fight and I won and, Again, I was like, okay, let me do that one more time, you know, (laughs) and uh, so I did that. I did it again um, for Kumpan again, and I won that second fight, and I decided to go to the IKF, um, the championship tournament in Florida, and so that was my third, and I went against uh, Amika Olkovich. I can't believe I'm remembering her name, and she ended up winning. She was the champion of our weight class but uh i uh, lost to a decision and she broke my nose my jaw was all jacked up she was an amazing boxer um she was just a great fighter period um but uh you know so that wasn't great but i still i came out from after for losing that fight and and kept going um so it's just it's just it's a great sport and it's just one of those things you kind of get addicted to 
Absolutely. And what was it like for you to take your first loss? Because I always say on this show, it's important for fighters to take that first L, you know, to reassess, to evolve, to come back stronger, you know, to learn from your mistakes. So talk to me about overcoming that adversity. Well, you know, the thing is, is because I, I mean, you know, I had only won, well, at that point, three fights, which in my head, you know, somebody coming in and never experiencing that, you get really confident. You get, you know, I was never cocky, but I was very confident. I'm like, you know, you just think, oh, I'm going to go down to Florida and I'm going to win that belt. And, you know, nothing was stopping me. And then when I got in the ring with that girl and she boxed my head off, I said, you know what? You're not as good as you think. <laughs> um, you know, you got to get back and, uh, you know, you've got a, a lot to work on. And, uh, you know, so it, it didn't hit me as hard as my second loss because I was still new to the game and it was just a big learning lesson. Like, you know, you gotta, you're not that good yet. Like, calm down. Take a step down. It's good to be confident, but you, you've got a lot to work on. But, again, it's like, I was so new to this, like, so it was a great feeling. You, you kind of forget, like, you're still new to this, you know? So I didn't take it as bad. I took it more of, like, like I said, a learning lesson and, like, you got a lot of work to do. I mean, one doesn't simply make it to the IKF finals, you know, in their uh, second or third career fight. So uh, prop, yeah. props to you on that. But then... Not only did you, uh, you lose the fight, but you came back to win your next fight, which shows that you learned the lessons from that previous fight. Yeah, I mean, you never can underestimate anybody. And I always, after that, told myself everybody I got in the ring with was the best of the best. <clears throat> and so I trained, you know, that I was fighting the best in the world every time. Like, I, I even though I was an amateur, I took it very seriously. And I, I trained, a lot of people were like, oh, you train like a professional because I was always in the gym and... You know, so that next fight, I was like, I'm taking this, and I'm going to train that she's the best. And that was actually Andy Wynn, who's now a professional MMA fighter. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, she had started fighting before me, so I knew she was aggressive and wild. And, you know, and I was kind of prepared for that and uh, uh, beat her by decision. Yeah, so let's talk about the end of your Muay Thai career. So you sure. fought... You fought uh, Mary, and it didn't go your way, but you know what? When you stand and bang in a fight, I don't care who you are. It's 50-50. I don't care if you're Anderson Silva, GSP, <laughs> Conor McGregor. It really doesn't matter who you are. So that night, it didn't go your way, and you know it was, a right. de it was devastating for you, as it should be for every fighter. Yeah. But, I mean, bottom line is you still stepped in there, and uh, you, know, you must have uh, taken something from that fight. Yeah, I mean, I was so devastated, like, crying hysterically, <laughs> uh, depressed, I had a concussion, headache, you know, it was all that going on after that fight, but, um, you know, I finally realized, like, wow, because back then, like, no one wanted to fight Mary, I mean, she was, you know, the, uh, uh, the toughest fight, you know, for our area, for the southeast, for Georgia, you know, and, and everyone was saying no. And, like, I remember she came to me and she's like, wow, you looked really good in your last fight. And I was like, huh, she thinks I'm good. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to fight her. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was, I wanted to beat her so bad more than, you know, any fight I ever took. And the fact that I lost, and I lost in the first round, it, it hurt bad. But um, 
I, I eventually was very proud of myself and patted myself on the back that I actually got in the ring with her. I mean, she was a heavier girl. Like I said, she is undefeated in Georgia, yeah, a lot more fights than me. And, uh, you know, I, I was proud of myself, and I still am. I'm proud that I can say that I stepped in the ring with her to this day. Oh, yeah, we all are. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing in itself. What exactly was it like being in the ring with her? You know, I uh, I think, you know, my, I trained really hard, but I didn't train hard for her specifically. So that was my mistake. Um, and uh, I had told myself consciously, you know, I was going to beat her, I was going to beat her. But I think deep down I knew that I had not trained properly for her fighting style, and I knew I could not stand and bang with her like I did. And I needed to go in and out and move and move and go in and out. And I didn't do that. I did my normal, like, stand and bang, which is what I do. I go in and I just fight. And so does she. So when you go up against someone else, and she had really studied me more than I studied her. And, you know, she got a perfect hook. I think it was a hook to the temple. I'm not sure. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I sometimes you kind of, like, your bot, you're like outside your body. I was like outside my body that night and like kind of really wasn't there because I was kind of protecting myself because I kind of knew deep down I really wasn't ready for her. But uh, yeah, I went in there and threw some punches. I think I landed a couple good ones and then she just got a perfect one in. So when you get hit with a shot like that, is it like, I'm fucked. Is it like, I don't know where I am? Like, what exactly oh, yeah. goes through I your don't mind? even, I didn't even feel it. I mean, I went down and, uh, you know, I came back up. I wasn't like completely out, but I was out on my feet for a little while. I didn't really come to terms with what happened until I got into the back backstage. And then I realized, you know, what happened. And then the tears started coming. <laughs> wow. So yeah, I was out on my feet. And I think Blake Grice, who was the ref that night, knew it. And he knew I just wasn't there, and I think he stopped. I really don't remember, but I, I kind of people told me like that's what happened. Like they knew, they know me, and they just was like, "You weren't, you weren't there. You weren't fighting. You were out." <laughs> so when you watch the so, tape, do you agree with the stoppage? I have never watched it. Wow! To this day. Yeah. Will you ever um, watch it? Um. I mean, I don't know. I haven't like thought about it like oh i want to watch that you know i just uh i don't know you moved i on. mean i guess i would but i've just never never really thought about it like like i wanted to you know yeah i, f I feel that 100 percent. but you know what now you really transitioned into jujitsu it seems like you found a new passion for uh yeah. for bjj i mean you you know you got your blue belt very fast and you know, as far as I'm concerned, you're poised to get that purple very soon. But more importantly, it's the process, it's the journey, it's the everyday grind oh, that you're yeah. putting in. And, you know, you're really, uh, it's paying dividends for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting up there in age, but I think having gotten into mixed martial arts in my 30s, like, I'm in the best shape of my life. I mean, I don't look my age. I don't feel like, I don't definitely don't feel it. Like, I feel like I'm in my late 20s. Um, you know, because even with jujitsu, like jujitsu is hard. And, uh, I mean, I, most of the time I'm competing against girls that are a lot younger than me, but you know, I got that old lady strength. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's fun. I mean, it's 
it's hard and it's like sometimes I'm like oh my god like when you're competing you're like why do I do this again but it's great you know there's more losses that come in with jiu-jitsu you have so many matches and so many experience levels and different in your division so I mean you're going up against new blue belts and blue belts that have had their blue belt for two three years you know so you just you never know it's a lot different from you know, Muay Thai, because you knew who your opponent was, you knew their background, you had an idea of what you were getting into, but not what you just knew, so. Now, is there any chance we see relentless Rachel Seltzer back <laughs> in the in the octagon, <laughs> in the cage, in the <laughs> ring? Um, you know, I, like last night I went to the fights, the NFC fights, and like every time I go to fights, I'm, I'm like, I want to fight. Um, you know, and I would, I would really only want to do MMA if I ever did it again, but I just, I don't think, I mean, as of now, I don't think I would do it. I mean, I'm getting up there and I'm enjoying jujitsu and just being able to enjoy life and, you know, not cutting weight and all that stuff. And, you know, I didn't have a life with, with Muay Thai. I mean, I was at the gym in the morning. I was at work during the day. I was in the gym in the evening. I couldn't eat anything but healthy food. I couldn't go out. You know, it took over my life. <clears throat> you mentioned how, so, you know, during that... Uh, sorry. Oh, it's all good. You mentioned how during that local fight you attended that, uh, you know, it brought back those feelings like, hey, you know, I'm still a fighter at heart. You want to kind of emphasize on that a little bit? Um, You know, just, you know, when you're there and the energy of the people and you're watching your teammates and you just start remembering those feelings that you had and just how great it is to get in there and compete, you know? And, uh, I got to watch, uh, Luke Nealon, who's my boyfriend, um, take his first pro kickboxing, um, fight last night. And it was just, he was so good and so technical and it just inspired me. I was like, I want to get back in there and do that. But, um, I think I'm just going to keep helping him and, uh, you know, I help him as much as I can, you know, but uh, it was just, it was a good night for knuckle up, period. But yeah, it's just that, that energy of being in that, in the spotlight and all the people screaming and I just love that. Yeah. And shout out to my boy, Luke, you know, to, I have so much respect for that guy to take on a guy who, you know, is a former champion, has seven times more experience than you in pro kick, yeah. in kickboxing and go the full three round distance. I mean, that, that says a lot about his medal. Yeah. I mean, he is the current champ still. <laughs> exactly. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Luke won at least first and second round, but you know, it was definitely close, and, you know, he, he looked like he had had seven or so pro kickboxing fights. I mean, he, he looked like a, a pro in that specific art of kickboxing. I mean, his technique was beautiful. <laughs> he had some fancy stuff in there, too, some flying knees and spinning back kicks, and it was just, it was awesome. Yeah, he'll be back for sure. So, Rachel, as far as you're concerned, what's next for Rachel Seltzer? Um, well, I mean, I have a jiu-jitsu tournament, the Atlanta Open, IBJJF Open, coming up end of this month, September 24th, or end of September. So, there's a, <laughs> there's this girl that I've lost to twice in the blue belt in our uh, featherweight division. And it's always been, like, 
one point or two point loss from her and uh i'm hoping that she signs up too because she's she's not beating me this time (laughs) (laughs) there you go well best of luck and rachel i want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here right now on half the battle it's been an absolute pleasure just let the audience know you know if you want to plug anything i know you really aren't into the whole social media thing but if there's anything else you want to tell the audience anyone you want to thank now's the time yeah, thank you very much for having me. Like I said, I'm honored that you even asked me. Um, you know, obviously, shout out to Knuckle Up. Like, I wouldn't be where I am today without Knuckle Up taking me in, like I said. And, um, again, shout out to Luke Nealon for an awesome fight. I'm so proud of him and all of our fighters last night. And, uh, you know, really just want to tell everyone out there, like, you know, whatever you want, you can get it as long as you put your mind to it. And, uh, you know, I would love to help any females out there locally that ever want to spar or anything always message me i I love helping people uh get ready for fights so not that i'm like this professional or anything but i can help a little bit so reach out to me i'm here for you so that's about it there you have it relentless rachel seltzer thank you so much again (laughs) and have a great day all right You too, thank you. Joining me on this very special edition of Half the Battle is Serena De Jesus. Serena, welcome to Half the Battle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, it's my pleasure. So, word on the street is you train at Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas. Is there any truth to that? Oh, there's tons of truth. Um, I first came there uh, two years ago because I'm originally from Philadelphia. And um, I was going to go to Thailand because I went to Thailand once to train at a Simbi Muay Thai wanted to go there again, but there was a lot of like, you know, protests happening. And so I hit up Roxanne Motiferi, who's like my, my hero and my, and now like my best friend and training partner. I asked her, Hey, can I come train a syndicate? And she pretty much gave me the hookup and I'm like, Whoa. So after that, it was kind of my goal to get back. Then I came back to Las Vegas another time to train. I was on this um, local um, mixed martial arts reality show called uh, the real MMA fight house. Um, it was kind of like the ultimate fighter, but except of, instead of fighting your teammates, you fought other people the promotion would pit you against. And they kind of like highlighted like the struggles of cutting weight and training and all that. Um, then I went back and went back home and then I came back again to fight somebody in Utah. Um, and then, then I came back home again and then I started bouncing all over the country. I went to help um, Misha Tate, who um, took me out to dinner after my fight in um, Utah um, and I said, kind of like, cause I was like fangirling cause she's like super nice. She was like, Hey, if you ever get that fight against Holly Holm, hit me up. Cause I'm a Southpaw, hence my nickname, the Southpaw outlaw. And I didn't think she was going to take it seriously. I kind of thought I sound like a dope and so well, she took me up on the offer. So after Costa Mesa, seeing the Invicta event there, I bounced from Costa Mesa. I went to Las Vegas to help her get ready. I stayed with her for a week and she, her and Brian treated me very nicely and I love them to death. And then I went to Shreveport, Louisiana to go help uh, Andrea Lee get ready for her fight in March. And then I went to Las Vegas again to see my friend Roxy get ready for her fight because they're fighting on the same Invicta card. And so I'm like, I just bounced all over the country. I think I'm done. So I decided (laughs) to stay here. So real quick, I mean, how does a Philly girl end up in Las Vegas? I know you mentioned Roxanne Modafferi, but how did that relationship develop? Um, quite honestly, pretty, I was a fan and then I just like, we started chatting. Like I used to watch her a lot on YouTube videos when I was in middle school cause to hell with the rules and jumping over firewalls. Um, 
I watched her fights. I watched a lot of Gia Carano's fights, Cyborg, a lot of the OGs of uh, women's MMA I like to watch because I started watching the old school UFC stuff with my dad, like the Gary Goodridge and Tank Abbott era, that stuff. And, you know, seeing Roxy, it's like, oh, my God, she's like me because I'm a big nerd. I love my anime. I love my video games. So finally finding someone who breaks that mold that they don't have to be this big, you know, big, strong, you know, stomach type. They can be nerds, too, and, like, go whooping that ass. I'm just like, yes. So, you know, after talking to her on Facebook a bit and between what was happening in Thailand, I decided to just ask it. I mean, the worst thing she could say is no. I know she's not going to chew me out because it's like a puppy. You don't kick the puppy, and I know the puppy's not going to kick you. So, <laughs> Wow. So you literally just sent her a Facebook message as a fan, and then here we are today? Yeah. It's funny how life works out that way. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, Wayne Gretzky always said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, and this is a perfect example of that. Exactly. And I don't regret this at all. I've met so many. I I used to have like no friends growing up because I know no one will believe this or no, and people are always in shock. But um, I have Asperger's syndrome, which is a form of autism. Um, I had had a lot of help to get me kind of where I am today and talking and, and everything. And even to this day, um, you know, I still have struggles, but um, thanks to Realm of Caring. Um, and Legends of the Cage and also Decipher, I've been having a lot more um, success lately, especially after, you know, my last fight didn't go the way as planned. I actually got overstimulated in the fight because I have really, uh, I have noise and light sensitivity. Like when people see me around, I always wear a hat and these glasses I have on because I'm nearsighted, they, um, they turn dark, they're transitions. Because if I look up at the light, like when it's bright really fast, I get a headache Leading some people, like, you know, jokingly call me a vampire. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? But you know what? Props to you. I personally want to commend you for, you know, you didn't let anything hold you back. You're still pursuing your dreams. And that could be an inspiration to a lot of people who think, you know, maybe certain things in my life are, you know, telling me I can't pursue my dreams. And you're, you prove that to be wrong. Yeah, I get it. I mean, life can be, life is tough. I mean, there's times they'll make you not want to get up again, but remember, you're not in it alone. There are people who are struggling too. I mean, I'm not the only autistic uh, mixed martial artist. I'm maybe the only female one in North America to my knowledge, but there are other fighters in the UK, here in America, like Connor Gross. I made an article about this. Connor Gross is one of them. Um, we got Claire Smith in the UK, Joe Redmond, who's a really great kickboxer, three-time world champion, and other fighters who are on the spectrum just don't let them hold them back. John and Howard. It's great. Yeah, John Howard, too. That was, like, mind-blowing when he came out. And Jamal Chan, I believe that's his name, in Bellator. Yeah, when he came out, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it made me feel better. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's really awesome. And, I mean, pardon my ignorance, but how exactly does it affect – your fighting career. You know, I have a, a cousin that's autistic, but he's like, you know, he's only 13 years old, so I can't really tell how it would affect him as an adult. Can you tell me firsthand how it affected you in your mixed martial arts career? Well, it affects everyone differently. Like how I was at 13 when they first discovered it after like years and years of misdiagnosis and medication, and, you know, just giving me the wrong types of medication since I was four. Um, I, w I went from like not really, you know, conversing with other people to now being kind of like a social butterfly. 
But that doesn't mean still to this day, especially in the age of like, you know, social media where everything's coming at you really fast that I, you know, that I'm like, oh, let me just talk to everyone. <laughs> There's times I get overwhelmed and I do even, you know, out of the fight game, I'm just like, oh. Like every day I wake up, I have to make a plethora of checklists, like make sure I'm watching facial cues, make sure I'm like, you know, doing this, that, and the other to make sure I'm not standing out so, you know, socially. Um, in fights, um, like I was saying, like for example, my last fight, I took a really tough fight against a tough girl. Um, it didn't end well for me because a lot of things kind of went wrong. Um, light sensitivity, like, this was, and this was in probably the biggest venue I've ever been. It was like 18,000 people, so it was loud. And I don't like people touching me before the fight happens. So normally refs don't touch you until the fight starts. Like, then they're supposed to touch you, right? Um, but I got touched by the refs, and it kind of just set me up. It felt like I was out of my body, front row, watching my ass get kicked, because I didn't know where I was. And it's happened before. It's happened in, in a Muay Thai fight I had when I first did Muay Thai first before I jumped into MMA. And it's happened before, but it didn't happen for a while until then. I was just like, of all times, why now? But um, with the realm of caring, um, you know, giving me information, um, I've been recently um, using CBD oil. I've been yeah. using that to kind of help me out. Um it's actually done wonders because I actually today I took it, I started Monday and I took it and today I actually went outside and I took off my hat for the first time ever looked up at the sun. I didn't get a migraine. I did not get a migraine at all. And this is something I've been struggling with like the whole time. So I'm like, Oh my God, this, if this helps with noise sensitivity, cause I always wear like headphones, like, you know, not to be like some jerk, just ignoring you. It's just to like refocus on just one sound, then take it off and re-engage. Um, so for the, I'm just hoping that in time that'll help me. Um, I wrote about it, um, in a blog post earlier, I called it, I dubbed it the grand experiment because I, I it's all, I'm allowed to have it. You know, it's a medical thing. I have my documentations for it. So I'm kind of happy I have it now. And the, the sports psychology from Decipher has been also helping me figure things out. So it's been great. Yeah, Decipher is amazing. And, you know, I'm an advocate of that CBD oil. So I'm really happy to hear that it helped you. And you mentioned your last fight. We'll get to that in a second. Let's start at the beginning of your career. So you make, sure. your, uh, you make your MMA debut and you actually uh, choked uh, Amanda out. I believe it was in the third round? Yeah. Um, it was um, interesting. I didn't like the PA State Athletic um, rules for um, AMI MMA uh, rules. If you're three fights and under or you have a losing record, Greg Serb, who runs the whole thing, essentially says, not only are you wearing these puppy turtle, you know, turtle shell um, gloves, shin pads, you're not allowed to kick to the head, and you're also not allowed to hit the face of a grounded opponent. So me being a Muay Thai striker, even though I've done jujitsu as long as I've been doing Muay Thai, has just put me at a severe disadvantage. So Amanda Cramney being a jujitsu coach, if I remember correctly, um, had an advantage. She was able, and it was a little rough until I managed to kind of do some stuff that um, I remembered from my time at syndicate, like my wall work and um, get her and actually wrap my hand around to the opposite shoulder and grapevine her and get her on her belly. I just extended and just got that choke. And with those turtle shell gloves, that's the hardest thing ever because once I got my, my hand in, 
she was tucking, so it's not like I could get my hand back out anyway. So it's just like, well, it's all or nothing. And if I didn't get that choke, I probably would have lost because she kept trying to bully me around in the fence because she, every time I got her off, it was kind of making her head like go lopsided with all the punches I was throwing at her. How good of an experience was that for you to win a fight, your first fight, via submission? Because from what I've seen in the footage I've watched, I mean, you're a very good striker, so it must have been pretty cool to get a submission victory. Oh, it was pretty nice. I liked it. It's just like I, no one expected me to get the win for, via submission. Um, so I was really happy that I'm like, yes, I got it. And against um, a coach in the uh, local Philadelphia area, no less, at a really good mixed martial arts school. Where, where I first started was only Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu only. It didn't combine the two into MMA. So that was kind of another feather in my cap. So I kind of liked that. So, I mean... That was, though, the last time I think I would ever fight in PA. Even now, I'm like, <sighs> and after hearing how the UFC Pittsburgh card got screwed over royally by Greg Serb and Brian Stangle and there's like this long Twitter tirade about it, I'm just looking at it like, I'm not surprised. You know, it just wasn't. Even for pro fights, I know he's very by the rules, but there's by the rules and there's really screwing everything up for the state of Pennsylvania. Hey, you're you're allowed to quote Nate Diaz on the show. This is a an R-rated show. Go ahead. Perfect. Yeah, I will keep that in mind. Uh, my thing. I gotta out. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm giving you that cue. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your next three fights, you go on and you win via unanimous decision. Now I always say it's important for fighters to go the full 15-minute distance to understand what that's like. And you did that in your next three fights. So how invaluable was that experience for you, Serena? I liked it, although I kind of feel certain ways I didn't finish, especially the fight I had in April for Tough Enough. Um, I was going against um, Jennifer Favela. She was um, on Mexico's national judo team. She's a brown belt. Um so I was kind of a little, little worried because I'm like, oh, crap, Judo, here we go. We got a Mexican Ronda Rousey coming after me, essentially. <laughs> so um, I'm th thankfully, Roxy, though, was a brown belt in Judo as well. So she was very vital in helping me negate a lot of hip tosses and build defense to it. I mean, I would have like a well-rounded ground defense, but Judo and hip tosses are something I still kind of need to work on at the time. So... I got in there. I almost finished the fight in the third round. I almost got her. Um, I got her in a gift wrap. I almost did the gift wrap choke. However, I was in half guard and I didn't fully get out. So she was able to kind of grab me and pull me in. But um, I was putting on a kickboxing clinic, essentially, just, you know, breaking her legs down, just like trying to slow her down and make it. If she wanted to shoot in for a shot, it would have been virtually impossible. Um, so and then the fight before that, I was in uh, Utah. I was against an, another female fighter who's up overcome her own adversity um uh, her name is um bridget nielsen she's deaf and she is a very very strong girl um i had never met a, a girl who could resist me snapping them down to the floor i had her bent at a 90 degree angle and i couldn't snap her down and she just like out muscled me i had to like kind of do the stick and move the whole time like oh god i'm in like six thousand you know feet above sea level i'm fighting this <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, and then the fight, the fight before that was um, how I made uh, another good friend. I fought against Cheyenne Hinsey, the Hawaiian wrecking machine. Um, I got to watch her, her first fight live at her at a Tough Enough debut. 
she knocked the living hell up this one girl and this girl did not get up for like over a minute. I'm thinking to myself, oh my God. I'm thinking this is my first fight away from home and I got to fight that thing. <laughs> I mean, and she, she lit me up a little bit, but I lit her up good too. I mean, there's at one point at the fight, the end of the third round, um, I got a corny abrasion from a punch and Steve Mazza got him signaling, you know, I issue, I issue, I issue. He didn't see it. Oh, so I'm literally fighting with one eye as she's charging me about ready to get me until I'm about ready to set up another cow catcher and kind of toss her around until the fight's over. But she's a true warrior. She's a great fighter. And, like, now we're friends. So it's kind of funny. We go from punching the crap out of each other to not being the best of friends. That, that's so. how it goes. That's how it goes. You develop a bond via punching people in the face or grappling with them. I mean, it's a, you know, it's weird to think about on paper. But once you've experienced it, it makes complete sense. And I want to talk about your fight with Jennifer Favela. You mentioned she's a very tough Mexican. And you went in there in that fight. I mean, beautiful hand fighting. You were switching your stances. You were throwing flying kicks. I mean, your jab's on point. Your straight left is crisp. I mean, where did uh, this this beautiful striking come from? Syndicate MMA. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, after training for that fight and now deciding to live here, like everybody was saying that's the best Serena Southpaw they've ever seen. And you know what? It's the truth. I mean, look, it did, Syndicate MMA has done wonders for Roxy. I mean, she, this she's won four out of five fights, and now she's fighting for a title in the next Invicta. I mean, we've seen the beautiful resurgence of hers. And she was a, gra she was a grappling specialist, not a striker. And the fact her striking just went like that just signifies things. So the fact that I'm a striker at heart, although I'm no chump on the ground, because thank you, Tom Lawler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Syndicate too. But like, you know, the fact that it's bringing me up there too, it's just like, it speaks volume for what Syndicate MMA is and what it does. Oh yeah, Syndicate's amazing. And I want you to personally thank Brian Caraway for me for cashing that plus 350 against Aljamain Sterling. He was a big underdog. And uh, you, know, I know. You, know, you know I took advantage of that one, so I want you to personally thank him for me. I need to talk to you about your last fight. Look, it didn't go your way, but uh, you know, and I, want, I want you to talk about it, but first let me tell you what my assessment of that fight was. Firstly, that other chick looked way bigger than you. It looked like you guys might have been a couple weight classes separated. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I mean, was it just a matter of you getting caught? Or I mean, what, what exactly went down there? I got caught. I was overstimulated walking out. I felt like the whole weight of the, of the world was on my shoulders. And as soon as I stepped in there, just like, and after Chris Tyone kind of put his hands on me, although I kind of had a thing, I wrote to Tough Enough asking, you know, kind of a specific thing, like, please don't let refs touch me before the fight. Like, the greasing thing's fine. Everything else. But when a ref puts their hands on me, as soon as the cage is closed, I get weird. My nerves are already, like, firing a thousand, you know, volts a second. So it kind of just threw me off on top of everything else. The walkout song was wrong because I relied on certain beats per minute back then for my noise sensitivity. They messed up everyone's fight song. Um, so a lot of things went wrong, and I got, I was just caught. I got caught with a good, you know, straight and I went down. I mean, after that, maybe think of doing some Muay Thai matches. And like, I was only down for like maybe five seconds. If I got up, it, if it was Muay Thai, it would have been fine. But um, of course, everyone's going like, "Ooh, Serena got beat." I'm like, so of course, as Shannon Bands always says, like people are always so fickle, especially in MMA. So they're talking like, you know, Reddit being assholes because it's Reddit, you know, about me getting knocked out like that. Honestly, it didn't even hurt. That's the fun part. I went. I just got up and I just got out it hurt but and I kind of was upset not because I lost a title 
but it was more because I've missed my brother's birthday for three years now in a row consecutively. And I feel like an asshole for it. And I still do. You know, he says, it's part of being an adult. You miss stuff. It's because our family's so tight knit. And I, he pro- I promised I would bring a belt back. So I came home empty handed. And I kind of felt like an ass for that. But it doesn't matter. I'm getting back in shape. I'm eyeing fights this fall. And when I get to invict them, I'm going to take her and, and Aspen Ladd out. Mark my words. Yeah, and I mean, look, it happens to every great fighter. I don't care who you are. Everyone has to take that first loss. It really doesn't matter who you are. All my good friends that fight have lost, most of them via knockout as well. And then let's look at the greats. Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre. I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's about how you come back from your defeat that really counts. Gotcha. But, yeah, that's about it. I mean, yeah, whatever she called me. She didn't look that big to me, quite honestly. Maybe taller, but not heavier. In fact, we actually came to the same weight. It's just that, you know, I have that little bit of Philly fluff on me. She And I still have big arms. I still got big legs. But, um, yeah, she looked a little bit more leaned out. It doesn't matter. I've seen pudgy fighters win over, like, these lean cut mofos. So it don't even matter. Yeah, uh, for sure. You'll be back. So before we get out of here, Serena, what's next for Serena Southpaw? Um, I'm eyeing fights um, this fall. You know, there are a bunch of promotions out here in Vegas who want me to fight. So I'm hoping to fight, you know, in October, November, hell, even December. I fight whoever comes, you know, that's all it is. I just fight people. I don't run away. I mean, I had pretty much every excuse in the book to run away from from Brianna Carpenter, given her, you know, how much more experience she had than me. I did. I said no. I'm like, I don't fucking run. That's right. <laughs> so I'm going to take whoever. I take whoever and I'm just going to fight. And that's it. I'm just going to keep training, stay true to the game. And that's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Serena, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm really happy that, you know, myself and my audience is going to get to hear your story. So thank you so much for sharing it with me. And just let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug. All right. Well, I want to thank my sponsors, um, Jerky Pro, um, Aardvark Painting, uh, Melee Fighting, um, Total Nutrition, um, oh my God, the boy, there's so many I have, like all of them have been like wonderful. I want to thank my fans, um, for supporting me too, even, you know, when shit hit the fan. So thank you guys. I'll you all the bits and I'll see you next month as I go to Invicta, um, 19 to go cover the events. Um, you can find me pretty much anywhere. Tumblr now, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that is at Serena Southall. So I'm everywhere. Get used to it. Serena Southpaw, thanks so much for the time, and uh, have a great day, all right? All right, you too. All right, bye. There you have it, folks. The Badass Chicks edition of Half the Battle. Big thank you, Jarina Barge, Antonina Shevchenko, Relentless Rachel Seltzer, and Serena De Jesus for joining me on this very special Badass Chicks edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at BestFightPix, Go to bestfightpicks.com and subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So until the next time, let's cash these bets.